people show. Um, we all have a story and we all have struggles. And the good news is we're not alone. And this week I have a special friend, someone I've known quite a while, and she'll talk a little bit about how we got to know each other. Um, but from Carmel Baptist, and we went on a trip to Kenya together, a mission trip several years ago. Uh, but Stephanie Haney, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you, Chad? I'm good. Uh, currently have a torn calf, so dealing with that injury, but it could be worse. And, you know, nowadays when things like this happen, I you know, am reminded that God has a plan and he's telling me something. I've got to figure out what that is. So get better perspective than you used to about that. Yes. Yeah. And you've known me uh, through, I guess, most all of my journeys. So you can talk about that and what you've seen and noticed in me, the good and the bad, and, and share your story as well. Yeah. So I was thinking, I think my memories came up on Facebook that uh, it was been like 10 years since we went to Kenya together. Yeah, it was 2012, yeah. I think. Yep. And so they were kind of flashing back recently. And um, so that's how I met you. You were in college. And yep. I always wanted to go, you know, growing up, I did a lot of mission trips that were local and a uh, youth group would go to Florida or to Buffalo, New York and do like a vacation Bible school kind of thing. And so I'd always done that type of missions, but hadn't been out of the country. And so I was 40 and I was like, you know, I think I want to go to Africa. I really would love to go on a mission trip. And Carmel was uh, having one that year. And I was like, oh, I'm going to go. Mm-hmm. And what my plan was, is I was going to go and check out everything and then I was going to save money for a year and go the following year. So I just went to the meeting to kind of scope things out. And I went in and the first thing that happened was there was this group of people that, I mean, there were like six people in there that I had connections with that I was like, oh, this is going to be a great trip. Too bad I can't go this year. (laughs) And then Van Wade was leading it and I love him. I just have so much respect from him. So I was like, oh, I really want to do this. So he starts talking. He's like, this is a five-year a uh, project we've been doing, you know, we we're partnering with this uh, village in Kandaria and this is what we're doing. And I was like, this is great. Maybe I can go again. He said, this is our last year. I was like, what? Oh my gosh, I'm not going to be able to afford to do this. I'm not going to be able to go. And I just went home and was just devastated that it wasn't going to work out. But I started fundraising and was able to um, get enough money to go. I had a good, good, you know, good people that help donate to kind of fund the trip. And then somebody in in particular just kind of filled in the remaining part Mm -hmm. for me. And it was just such a a joy to be able to go. And um, you and I sat together on the plane. So I hadn't met you in any (laughs) of the planning meetings, but um, I remember that that was like our first connection because you were on the aisle and I was in the middle seat (laughs) for what, seven, eight, 10, 12 hours. It's a long Uh, flight. Because we flew from, because I went on the very first trip there and then on the very last trip which was a cool experience oh, cool um but yeah we either flew to charlotte to dc and then dc to london and then london to uh kenya so it was yeah because we had a few legs but i think we had two like eight hour legs or something right i and you i mean you're a big guy you're tall you're over six feet you've got broad shoulders pounds you're I'm a bit. college student like just spread out of sleep on half of that journey and your feet were on the aisle and I had to keep like waking you up like Chad you're gonna get run over like pull, pull it in right <laughs> so that you didn't get run over and then I know we became fast friends when I didn't eat my airplane food I would just like give you some of my food so I'd scarf you, it down yep <laughs> <laughs> so um 
So that was when I first met you. And then that week, I know we you did a lot of the brawn kind of work. I know that you helped build the roads. Mm-hmm. I know we worked in a medical center, and I did the um, the school right. Worked with the kids. They didn't kind want of my me in thing. there. <laughs> <laughs> but I just know that that week I saw you and um, like your heart. I just saw you minister to people, and um, I just knew from the very beginning that you care deeply about people, and you're a very compassionate person. And that one picture that we snapped of you, like with the little Kenyan boy with his hand on your face, Mm -hmm. and just the contrast of this little tiny hand on your cheek, and then it was just as dark as could be. It's this beautiful brown, and then you were just pale, and then just the size of your face with it. It was just such a really neat dynamic, and um, just I knew then that. You and I had a special connection. Mm-hmm. And I remember coming home and talking to your mom and just telling her how proud I was of you and how much you love kids and how much you love people and uh, what a hard worker you are and just that kind of thing. And um, I told her that I wanted my son to be like you. That's, thank you. <laughs> so you're welcome. Um, it's because I could just see that compassion. And um, even knowing you this long, I don't retract any of that. Like, yeah. you know, you've been through some stuff, but I kind of feel like I adopted you into our family at that point, right? You just uh, became like um, the kid's big brother. Mm-hmm. And um, I just kind of made you part of my own. I just know that when you went back to school, I just um, tried to be really intentional about sending you cards and, um, you, you know, gift card for pizza every now and then or, you know, a, a care package and that kind of thing and check in when you got home or send you scriptures. So um, I just wanted you to be able to use all that love for people for others. So cool to be here on that, this side. Of it, right? Because yeah. there's been a lot of ups and downs yeah. in between. Yeah. Because yeah. I've always loved people, you know, have the compassion. And at times that was my biggest downfall because I didn't love myself or have that compassion for myself. So that's, you know, a lot of the ups and downs were due to that. I didn't know how to love myself or see the love that others had for me for myself. And that was a struggle. Yeah. And I think that there's been times that you were like, oh, yeah, I was going to help you know, so-and-so move and I just didn't show up. And I think that you didn't see what, how much you meant to people, like what a big impact you could be. And I just think those are just lies that we tell ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. That, um, and I think you said it right. It's just that self-love was missing. Yeah. I mean, so. we were talking a little bit ago, you know, you can't pick and decide where you're born and raised, but growing up in Myers Park, South Charlotte, sometimes it doesn't do you justice, you know, in my mind, seeing everybody around being successful, or I thought they were successful and had no struggles, uh, that's what it would be like after college for me. And, you know, that was a downfall because my expectations didn't happen how I perceived. And right. when that didn't happen, you know, I was like, what, what do I do? You know, everyone else is being successful, just like their parents, uh, their you know, graduated college or dating now married kids. And what am I doing? You know, in and out of jail rehabs, you know, <laughs> <laughs> the ups and downs we were just talking about, but it took me to realize, you know, I am worth something and God could have called me home last year, um, but he didn't. And therefore I know I have purpose and um, helping people is something that I love doing and I've always loved doing. And you know, that's what I intend to do. Now I should have to find the career that allows me to do that. Yeah. And, you know, there's a great quote that says um, comparison is the thief of all joy. You know, there's always going to be people who have more than you and there's people who are going to have less than you. And we that's just not a safe place to be when we start comparing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about that later about um, just that South Charlotte bubble, just about having it all together and the perception of having things being perfect and not loving ourselves in that moment. Right. Yeah. So that's just part of my struggle. But um, first I want to just share a little bit about last year. Cause I think that's yeah. a cool story that we had about uh, you going to rehab and me reaching out to you that morning of, do you remember that? Once you start talking, I remember, cause you've reached out several times in dire needs, you know, at the time when I'm like, I could use a friendly face or someone I know. And, you know, a lot of times I was getting calls or texts from you when severe things had happened. Um, so, yeah, I think that when you go somewhere like a mission trip with people, you connect on a really deep level spiritually. And so I, I think that I've always kind of had this like sixth sense of what's going on with you. Even when I don't like you're right. I've, you know, we'll be thinking about you or, uh, you'll be, uh, just, I'll be burdened and then I'll reach out and you're going through stuff. Right. <laughs> and I guess that's something that is a, a spirit thing that I've learned over the years. If you haven't heard from somebody in a while and then they just pop into your mind, like I just encourage people to stop and pray for that person because you never know what they're going through. And typically, especially if you're a Christian, then that's the Holy Spirit kind of prompting you, you know, to pray for them. There's so much power there. But um, so last year, sometime in January, your mom texted me and she was like, hey, um, Chad's going through some stuff. And um, I don't really want you to reach out to him because I don't want him to, you know, think I'm talking a lot about him. But I know that you pray for him and I just need you to be a prayer warrior. And so your mom, I love her so much. We have sat together and and prayed through some really dark times. We prayed for you in mm. person and um, just for my kids and just my situation. And um, just you, it's funny when you go through hard times, you learn who some really great people are, yeah. who's there for you. and. So she's one of my go-to people and she's such a prayer warrior. And so I said, okay, well, I haven't seen Chad since, you know, you had helped me move in 2020, like in March Mm -hmm. and that was all COVID. So we kind of lost touch and I was like, that's cool. I don't really have a voice in his life right now. Right. So I'm not going to reach out, but I was kind of following you on Instagram and things like that, kind of checking to see what was up. And then um, one night I woke up at like four in the morning and I have this deal with God. Like I am not a morning person. I think there should only be like one, four o'clock and it should be PM. <laughs> I and agree. so I told you know, God, listen, if I wake up at four in the morning, only you can wake me up. Like, and whoever's on my heart, I will pray for. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's happened through the years. I'll wake up and I'll be thinking about my grandparents and I would pray for them. And then, you know, I would check in with them and you know, granddaddy would be sick or whatever. And so this morning I woke up and I was thinking about you. So I went through my prayers for you. So I was like, okay, God, I pray Romans 12, one and two, like, thank you God so much for Chad. I pray that he won't be conformed to the standards of this world, God, but that he'll no. be transformed inwardly by a complete renewing of his mind through you. And I pray that Chad will stand firm and he'll resist the wiles of the devil. And just that you'll keep your hand on him and that you will uh, get rid of all evil and clamor and ill speaking and malice. Mm -hmm. I know you struggle with your temper, right? (laughs) That's got me in trouble in the past. A couple of times. And then um, I'll pray, I think it's Psalm 63, just about that your soul will be thirsty. You'll be thirsty for Jesus instead of alcohol, right? And then finally, I was like, God, I'm tired of Chad being thirsty. Please quench him, satisfy this guy. Like he's (laughs) hoping to find you already, Mm -hmm. right? And um, so I got to walk through that with you some too when you like, 
gave your life back to Jesus yeah. what a few years back. Mm-hmm. And so I'm praying and praying. And then this new scripture came into my head and, you know, I'm just flowing through like the ones that I've memorized that I pray over you and through you and for you. And I started praying, God, help him to realize that it, what is it? Gain a man to profit the world if he loses his soul. I'm mm-hmm. like, wow, that, that hit different. Okay. Yeah. God, Chad, I'm praying this for him right now today. And then I was like, cool. You know, I was going back to sleep and I couldn't go back to sleep. And I felt like I should have texted you that. And I was like, listen, so I'm here arguing myself four in the morning. Like, listen, I'm not texting that to Chad. That is so like, that's darts. Like, you know, just out of nowhere to be like, hey, yo, I'm praying that you won't, you know, gain the world, lose your soul. Like, I need you to know it's not going to profit you anything. And so I, I was trying to go back to sleep and I'm like, I'm not doing it. I'm just not doing it. And then I still couldn't sleep. So I was like, listen, God, I told Laura Ann that I'm not, I wouldn't text him. Like, I'm not making her mad. And then I was like, okay, fine. If I'm making somebody mad, it's not going to be It's hard you. to make her mad. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I'm not going to have you mad at me, God. So I just texted you. Hey, Chad, I, this is my deal with God, right? And this morning when I woke up, you were on my mind. And this is what I'm praying for you. This is the scripture God gave me. I'm not sure what's going on in your life right now, but... This is what's um, on my heart. And I just felt like I needed to send it to you. And then um, I sent it off to you and went to sleep. And I woke up and you had texted me back. Hey, I'm checking in the rehab this morning. And I'm pretty sure that was the morning that you were going to. Was the last place was the ranch? Yeah, I went to the ranch because that was February um, of last year. February, which was in my mind, hopes to be the last place. But uh, went to one more after I woke up off life support. Um you know, I don't know if I 100% needed to go. Like, I knew at that point I had to change my ways once I woke up off life support and found out what happened. Um, but I needed to go to get away and uh, like a renewing um, of my mind and spirit. And um, so, yeah, I went to, and um, that was in May, went to Honey Lake. And there was a first Christian rehab place I'd been to. But yeah, that place was the ranch in Nunley, Tennessee. It's like 45 minutes outside of Nashville. Um, Because I had reached out to Hopeway, asked them if they would take me back. And they said no, but recommended the ranch. And at this point, I wasn't talking to the family, really. Because, you know, I was in the ways of the world and um, doing it my way. And... um, I had just gotten over COVID at that point and I think two weeks prior I gotten hit by a car and, you know, had an incident at a tattoo shop that I talked about or talked about on previous episode um, where I should have been arrested on, you know, several charges, felony charges, but God's hand was there and um, I wasn't arrested, you know, just paid for the damages and um, everything that happened. Um but yeah, drove myself up to. Um, yes, I don't think your ramp. mom knew you were there. No, I, I think, think you went on your own. Oh yeah, I didn't. I think I told them as I was driving up, "Here's where I'm going. If you need me, here's the right. place and the number." As I wasn't, you know, I'd been isolated for a while. I wasn't talking to anybody. Um, I think I'd gone to my parents' house to pick up or drop off something, and then sped off. Um, you know, like am I allowed at the house? Um, because they had threatened to, you know, if you keep living like this, we're gonna have to cut you off. And um, 
I don't necessarily know if they cut me off, but it just kind of we went separate ways. Um, or maybe I went separate ways. You know, they were still <laughs> there and wanted and loved me. And um, but those two months not talking to them or however long it was was hard. So it's hard for me to see how family members can go years without talking. Right, right. And I just know that I texted you, and that was one of the things you said. Wait, did my mom text you? And I was like, No, I haven't talked to your mom in weeks. Right. I was like, That was so crazy that God woke me up literally to pray for you that morning and that's what you needed right mm-hmm. and then i was like he loves you so much that um woke me up to pray for, wow that's pretty cool though. yeah yeah and i still had a lot to learn little did i know yeah well we all do i think yeah i mean you're <laughs> learning every day learning every day so um i just wanted to come and just speak that into you Right. But then also just to share a little bit of, of what I've been working through in therapy for the past um, probably five years. And just the beginning of that was realizing that, um, you know, just sitting in a counseling session one day and saying, you know, I feel like I'm not. And I hear that theme a lot from people who are guests on your show and then you as well. Right. And I just think that so many of us are deceived in different walks of life and by different uh, triggers. So to mm-hmm. speak, right. And so I know for me that I've learned that it was because my value has, my identity hasn't been in God. It's been in like the things I do, my achievements, the things I've accomplished. I know some of that is because when I was a teenager, I was a teenager in the 80s and my mom would like, when I was stressing out and probably hormonal, she would just give me success books. So in the, <laughs> I got to read all the like, how to set goals, how to be a better person and just uh, the books of like, Tough times don't last, but tough people do. And the power of your subconscious mind and what to say when you talk to yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, all of those things I um, would read and learn to, you know, oh, okay, I'm a Christian. I should have a good attitude and I should set goals and I can put anything mm-hmm. I put my mind to, right? I can do all things through Christ and that yeah. kind of thing. And so I've put my worth in the things that I could achieve. Mm-hmm. And so the first time that I actually said those words out loud, I was just, Iraq actually admitted there's so much power sometimes to giving your fears a voice right and so when I voiced that my one of my fears was that I just didn't feel like whatever I I felt like whatever I did wasn't going to be good yep. right and people would be like that's crazy you've always give 110 percent in everything you do and if you look at me I'm a very confident person I mm-hmm. have a lot of things that I'm very amazing at yeah and I think that that's probably shocking for people but Deep down, I really felt like if I just gave my 100%, I would totally suck. Like, it wouldn't be the same as your 100% mm-hmm. because I didn't measure up. And, and so, that's something I've struggled with, too. A lot of people, as you said, you know. Yeah. And so uh, five years ago, I guess um, probably 2017, um, my husband and I separated and my life has just completely changed. And I'm just, as I look back, I think... Uh, there was another counseling session that I had with Clay Barnes, and I just remember him telling me because he was the head of um, Carmel's uh, counseling center, mm-hmm. and um, he just said, "Stephanie, this perfect life that you're trying to achieve is going to crumble right in front of you. It's going to be shattered, and it's going to be okay." And I just went home and cried because I just grieved that so much because I felt like such a failure, mm-hmm. right? Because I wanted to have the house, have the car, have, you know, the husband and the family and uh, the kids that were great. And so many times I think we kind of um, idolize that or worship that in our, in our yeah. like society in general, but especially 
in my little world of South Charlotte bubble that mm. I was calling it that, yeah. you know, um, we kind of brag about our busyness as moms in life. So I kind of wanted to speak into that, you know, we're like, oh, I dropped off my son at baseball and my daughter at cheer or dance. And then, you know, and there's just so much acceptedness in that. Right. And that when we're at church and I love church. And I believe firmly that we are the church as individuals, mm-hmm. right? It's outside that, the four walls yeah, as well. Church is a, also a place that we go, but sometimes it just feels so nice and clean like a country club that we go and we, it's easy to put on a mask and be like, oh yeah, it's good. I did this, oh, yeah. this and that. And <laughs> we just get our accolades and, you know. Right after good. you had a big fight in the car on the way to church, like everyone put on your happy face. Every week. Yeah, every <laughs> week. <laughs> it would be a struggle. Yeah. And, um, Yeah. But we'd be there, right, as the perfect Faking family yeah. showing up. And we were trying. That was our hope. Like, it was our goal. Um, it's not like we're trying to lie through that. But we're just trying to achieve and striving. And so I guess that's part of what I've realized for the past few years is I'm really trying to be authentic in my faith and in my daily walk. Because when my identity is in God and not in those achievements, I realize that, wait a minute, um, I think Joseph McMurray said that, you know, there's nothing, and it's not his quote, but he's used it for youth, that there's nothing I can do to make God love me more. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing I can do to make God love me less. A hundred percent. That's huge. That still wrecks me. Yeah. Right? That I can't do anything to F up my life. Yeah. Right? And I can't do anything like to kiss up and get better points for God mm-hmm. either. That he just expects me to be me. Yeah. And so every day for me to be authentic in my walk, right? It's kind of where I'm trying to sit and where I'm trying to be because it um, rocks my world to know that Jesus loves me, right? But even more than that, like the Bible says, he He chose me, right? He chooses us. Mm-hmm. He delights in us. I don't know who delights in me, right? <laughs> but he delights in me. I think some people just maybe tolerate me, <laughs> right? But then that he sings over me and he prays for me. And that's, crazy to think that the God of the universe Mm -hmm. loves us that tenaciously, right? And it's not really based on what we do, uh, because he says that our works to him are filthy rags, right? Mm -hmm. And that our our salvation isn't based on our work, it's by grace, Mm -hmm. right? Because he's so amazing, not by anything we've done. So I just think that's so neat. And that's just part of um, my walk is that my life verse is Psalm 46, Psalm 1 and 2. And then just that whole chapter is beautiful to read. But it says God is our ever-present help in time of need or in time of struggle. And just that's true. You know, he's Emmanuel, God with us. And so he's my ever-present. Right? He's always with me. So mm-hmm. even though things have like shattered around me, my, you know, my perfect world, what I thought was a perfect world, which was totally a lie, mm-hmm. right, has come unraveled that he's walked me through all of it. And that's just um, so cool. And if you go on and read more in that verse is that, even though the mountains like crumble and crash into the sea, basically God's got you. And I know when I was uh, being a youth group leader through the small group, I would just tell the girls, you know, like that God gets you and he's got you, right? No mm-hmm. matter where you are, he knows what you're going through. He gets it. He gets you're crazy. It's the <laughs> funk. He gets you. But he's also got you. Like he knows what to do with you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Because um, he created us. And, you know, that was something I struggled with. You know, how can God love me when I'm doing this and doing that? And, 
you know, praying, don't let me die tonight. You know, I won't do this again if I make it through tonight. And then some odd days and weeks later, I'm doing it again, you know, it's, but that's God. Yeah. yeah. And that he can't help but love us because he is love. Mm-hmm. Right. So who he is, it's not on us to be amazing or great, you know, and with him. And I guess that's the coolest thing about that is that there's truth in that lie that I told myself, you know, is that um, I'm not good enough. Spoiler alert. Actually, I'm not good enough. Right. Um, None of us are. We aren't good enough without him. Right. It's kind of he completes us. Mm-hmm. And so um, I know that was something else I used to tell the girls in small group. I was like, OK, well, this is the Stephanie translation. The Miss Haney translation <laughs> is that while you were still ratchet. <laughs> right. God loved you. <laughs> so, you know, and they would just laugh. But it's true. You know, while we were despicable, while we were while you're we drinking, while you're doing things. He still loves us, mm-hmm. and he wants us to live at our full potential. He wants us to be authentic and not to be, you do think about the commandments and things that he asks us to do. It's not like your parents don't want you to play in the street when you're a kid because it's, you know, fun. It's because it's dangerous, and he knows it steals joy from our, our life. So if you look at those closely, he just wants us to have joy and joy abundantly. Mm-hmm. So joy will be more full. And something that I've learned um, and been working on now is because I was in the ways of the world and while it's fun, it doesn't last um, as I learned the hard way. And now when I pray and um, the things that I want in life, they're starting to align more with God's will for my life. And, you know, I pray, I ask for his will to be done, not my will. Cause when I tried it my way, it didn't work. And I got that, final wake up call is I think if you know I do go back out into my old ways it'll be the last uh, thing that happens to me and I don't want that to happen because I have a lot of purpose and dreams and goals that you know I haven't achieved and I want to achieve and if I fall back into old ways those won't happen but I you know when I do pray it's God I want your will to be done and you know I have prayed for patience and people say be careful when you pray for patience because you're <laughs> going to learn what patience really is and um, you know, that's something I'm working on cause I've never been alone, you know, whether I was in rehabs or jail or if I wasn't in those, I was on dating apps and filling my void and always around people. So now it's like, I'm having to sit alone with my thoughts, which I've never had to do and having to be like, okay, is that my thought or is that a lie creeping in and kind of fact check and, um, you know, I know that girl will come into my life when, you know, God sees it fit in that career that I want, um, whatever that career may be, you know, that'll, that opportunity will come when God, you know, sees fit. Um, you know, I'm blessed to have a job now, but I'm having to work on being alone and seeing what makes me happy and, you know, fall in love with myself. You know, I do love myself now, but I'm having to find things that I enjoy because for a long time I was just doing things that, you know, were fun and other people were doing and, you know, not things that I necessarily should be doing or wanted to do. So I'm having to kind of relearn and retrain and find new routines and it's not easy. And, um, that's something I struggle with. You know, when I have downtime, I need to be busy, but I'm learning, okay, you don't need to be busy. You can sit alone with your thoughts and, uh, spend time with God. You know, you mentioned my mom's a prayer warrior. Me and her just started, um, uh, Bible study, just the two of us on judges through JD Greer. 
Um, oh, cool. So something that I never would have done. And she was like, you never would have been sitting here studying the Bible with me. Facts. But you know, I hear that you were trying to be present. And that's, and I know a couple of times, and I'll share this, I don't think the kids will mind, but like you came to, to the house to hang out and they were like, mom, dad was on his phone the whole time. It's like he didn't even want to be. And I knew because as a mom, I knew you were searching and looking and trying to, you know, just searching, right? Mm-hmm. And find um, the next, the next thing, high or next girl or whatever it was at the mm-hmm. time. But they were like, you know, we really wish you would come and just hang out with us and be present. And I know that's something that you're working on. And that's great. That's a huge part of healing mm-hmm. for you. And then um, something that just self-love is just so important. Right. And that's kind of what I've been doing is learning how to fall in love with myself again and to have grace. I'm really good at having grace for other people, but not really so great at having grace for myself. And I hear you say that too. It's just kind of like you would beat yourself up mentally, right? You'd shit on yourself. Like mm-hmm. I shouldn't have done that. I should have done this different next time. And, and that kind of thing. And I, I um, am proud of your personal growth in that as well. And even like for me professionally, I was um, thinking, uh, I sent out like 45 confirmation emails a couple weeks ago and they all went out first thing in the morning. And one of them, I said, karate, you're, you know, your your kindergarten student got in karate and it was supposed to say first and second grade student. Right. And this mom emailed like, wait, Chad is in, you know, isn't in kindergarten. And I was like, oh, right. I totally messed that <laughs> up. And so normally like the past me would have been like, oh, my gosh, I would have like apologized profusely. I would have called my director and been like, oh, you won't believe what I did. I would have told three coworkers. And then, you know, I was just like, you know what? That stinks. I did 45. I did 44 of them right. You know, because if that had been somebody else, I would have been, you're good, girl. Like, really, you're fine. Right? And just to extend that grace to myself. So I was like, oh, my goodness. Thank you. So instead of saying sorry, I'm learning. Thank you so much for bringing that to my attention. I'm going to correct it now. And then I shot out another email that just kind of said, hey, guys, disregard the other email. Ha ha. Drinking more coffee now. You know, and one of the moms um, email back like, oh, my gosh, that's the funniest thing that I've heard all day. Like, you know, I don't get things right all the time either, you know, and it was just so affirming because now I'm not like spiraling that to other people or projecting that on the other moms that they have to be perfect mm-hmm. and have things together like we all mess up. And I think the way that we handle the way we mess up and the way you resolve the issue is what really matters, mm-hmm. right? Because nobody's perfect. And then just to extend grace to ourselves. As long as you learn. And don't yeah. make that mistake again. Well, in that sense, you know, well, that's yeah. human small, error. Is human error. You, you can't know, expect but yourself to be perfect all the cor- time. And, and I kind of do. Correct. Kinda, you know, you know, and then going to, you know, my life, you know, doing the drugs and the heavy drinking and just the ways of the world, you know, I've learned from those mistakes, whereas, you know, maybe I should have learned a lot earlier and adhere to those wake up calls. But it took me to life support, you know, because I have to learn the hard ways. I think you would agree. Yeah. Um, Because I might not necessarily learn it if I don't learn it my way, unfortunately. And God created me and knows that and has plans for me. And um, he could have called me home, but he didn't. Well, because he's not done with you. And because um, he'll use your journey, right? As you, all the things that have happened. And I think that um, uh, Billy Graham's son, Franklin, has a book like rebel with a cause or, mm-hmm. and it was about, you know, you think about being Billy Graham's son and the pressure of that. Right. And then 
um, he didn't want to have anything to do with Christian walk or faith, kind of rebelled. And your story reminds me of that. I meant to try to like find that copy of the book to bring to you, but I know you don't read. So I I've started to read much. a little. Really? Actually, I finished a book um, not too long ago, um, a John Grisham book, nice. and um, started a new book today. Uh, I can't remember the title of it, but it's about a lady here in Charlotte who um, woke up out of a coma and um didn't remember the last 13 years of her life oh wow so i read four chapters of that um since i'm not currently working due to this calf injury so i got a lot of time on my hands um i've been spending a lot of time with my parents something that prior um to last year i would not have wanted to do you know i would have not been present if i was there uh, so me and my dad have been spending a lot of time watching old shows and movies together um, and just working on that relationship. And, you know, today. Um, so I guess when we're people are listening two weeks uh, back, um, my mom and I helped her cook today for a family who lost um, a father and then just stuff to freeze, you know, so just spending time with them and being present because I used to be on my phone all the time and, mm-hmm. um, you know, trying to find that next high, whatever it looked like. Um, and now I'm trying to be present and really work on that, uh, because you need to be present and enjoy the moment you're in. Cause you're not going to get that moment back. Right. Yeah. So I was saying about the stories that it's so neat to see how God's going to use all the things you've gone through to help and bless other people and how he is doing that here through the rabbit hole show. Mm-hmm. That's just so cool because only God can make something that's, you know, that um, hard, that kind of trauma and, and turn it into something great. Yeah. So. And, you know, that's my hope. Um, and the feedback I've gotten from people I know, you know, it helps them. And because um, we all have a story. It doesn't matter who you are, or what you have going on. You have a story, journey and struggles. and that's the purpose of this show um, so that others will hear your story, my story, other guests story and be able to relate um, or just hear someone else's story and know, Hey, I'm not alone. You know, my story and struggles don't look like hers or his, but I have struggles and I'm hearing this lady who was married, you know, has kids is in the church, has struggles in the story because um, this is life and life you know, isn't fair as we were born into a sinful world mm-hmm. due to the fall of man. So, yeah, I don't know how people do it. They don't have Jesus rock. You know, he is that ever present help in time of need and my savior, uh, my teacher, right. My comforter when my grandparents have passed away and, um, just my strength boy. He's just all those things. But I guess, um, above all, he's Emmanuel, God with us. He's mm-hmm. walked me through the good, bad and ugly. And he's brought people into my life that are, um, willing to walk through that too and you're one of them your Thank family's you. one of them and i just um love y'all and i'm so happy about where you are and what's going on in your life yeah yeah god is good he's good all the time yeah and i'm going to van schools i'd mentioned last week november 9th to speak at their chapel service awesome um and then you know last night um went to um a family from carmel baptist um the Hiltons and um, a few other families were there and their son, Jack, who's a sophomore at um, Auburn or rising sophomore. Uh, you know, I was just amazed by him last night, you know, cause I was putting myself in 
issues as a sophomore, rising sophomore in college and just what he's doing with his life and kind of what I was doing with my life at that time. It just amazes me. You know, he's on fire for the Lord. Um, and he shared his story about going to Poland and Ukraine and helping with the um, refugees and you know, asked me to come down and speak um, at their fraternity. Um, so hopefully that'll work out. But I was just amazed at um, how on fire for God he is as a 19, 20 year old um, awesome. at a SEC school. Um, but, you know, you could see, you know, the Lord in him, living in him and just radiating off of him. Whereas at my age, you know, I was wanting to party and, you know, just do things of the world. And he's the opposite. So, it was, you know, if you hear this, Jack, just want to let you know I'm proud of you. And <laughs> Uh, just that short interaction with you uh, was amazing. Um, so look forward to getting to know him more, but just proud of him. And, um, you know, the Lord meets you where you need to be met. That's what um, I was it doesn't matter thinking. how old you are, what race you are, what economic status, he'll meet you where you need to be met. And well, where your decisions are, right? Where you are, he's still meeting you where mm -hmm. you were, right? Just like he's meeting Jack, is that his name? Yeah. Yeah. So that's just. So exciting to know. Yeah. Um, God is good. Um, so before we end, what advice do you have? That's a question I kind of like to ask everyone because everyone's got different advice. Um, advice that has helped you get through your tough days that has been given to you that you kind of hold close and live by. Ooh, I should have studied that up. I've been listening to the podcast. I don't know why I didn't think it would hit me different. Um, <laughs> I think just um, having that self-love, right? loving yourself where you don't define your goodness by how awesome you are by things you check off your list. If you're somebody who likes to achieve things and likes to check things off a box or be extra busy, um, sometimes when you're extra busy like that or you're looking for the next thing, like you said, you were like mine, I would just get, I would just do more things. I'd volunteer more. I'd sign up to lead a Bible study. I would take two more kids to, um, you know, baseball practice or that kind of thing to, to feel better about myself. And um, that's not what makes me amazing person, right? Um, I'm creative in God's image. I'm loved who I am and I have a purpose where I am without having to do all those things to measure up. And I think that just um, that's kind of what I wanted to say tonight, you know? So if you're um, somebody who deals with that and feels like you're not good enough, just to do that fact check, like you said, you know? And um, give yourself some grace and just say, you know, what's true? Is this true? And if you have to get out your Bible and write down like, okay, this is what God says about me, what he says I am, who he says I am. So I'm saying these things about myself. Who's right? Mm -hmm. You know, who's right? And just um, knowing that we're the Imago Dei, in the image of God, and he has purpose. And that even when we mess things up, he can fix it, right? You're never too far from him. Yeah. If you were dead, you weren't too far from him and like he reached out and brought you back yeah. <laughs> right mm -hmm. so um you know not that everybody needs to be that hard-headed or do it your way but you know <laughs> you you couldn't mess that up no I and mean, he still loves me he still does and he's going to use it as it's a beautiful story to help other people so, mm -hmm. yeah and um you know i know from the places i've been there's people that are against medicine on helping them and um you know i was on lots of medicine and i think you know that could have um not helped me because I was on so many, but you know, I got on medicine almost two weeks ago. Um, and you know, I'm not afraid to say that because you know, medicine can help. Um, 
because, you know, I've been dealing with some mild depression and anxiety um, because I still am dealing with life. You know, I'm not where I want to be, but I know I can get there and will get there. I just have to have patience and trust God. And, you know, there's days where I'm like, why can't I just, you know, be married and be in the career? But that's not where I'm at right now. Um, and you know, I chose a lifestyle that, you know, maybe, uh, you know, (laughs) prevented that for several years, but that's the life when, you know, I'm in and, you know, getting on medicine, you know, is there's nothing wrong with that in my eyes. And, um, it doesn't have to be forever, but it's helpful and something that I recognize, you know, I don't need to white knuckle it. Like I used to always try and do, um, and the difference is, is that you're aware of that and as you're seeking help, like, right, and mm-hmm. that looks different to other people. Maybe you exercise to help that. Maybe you go to therapy for that. Maybe you take medicine for that. Mm-hmm. What you need in that season. And I guess that's my encouragement for you is just to continue to be true to yourself. I don't want you to think that you um, have it all together because you have this show and that just puts extra pressure on you, right? And the reason why you're here is because you're living your life real and raw and vulnerable for others. So that mm-hmm. we can stop um, putting on a mask and trying to be perfect, try to, you know, live up to other people's expectations, but we can be who we're designed. Part of that authenticity, right? Of Just, you know, being who you're created to be and, and loving yourself and living that out and forgiving yourself when you mess it up, right? Yeah. And just knowing who to turn to, the friends to turn to and, and how to turn to God for that. You know, I, like I said before, I don't know how people do it without Jesus. I don't. Yeah. I, I couldn't do with me every step of the way. And that doesn't mean my life is perfect. Doesn't mean I don't mess up. I mess up every single day. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. But we have his grace. We do. Or, yep. Um, so yeah, if you're looking for a therapist, mine is Dr. Robert Dodd. And then the psychiatrist who I've seen, um, I guess I saw him two weeks ago, but prior to that, um, saw him December of eighteen, right before the year-long rehabs happen, but Dr. Fred Cottle out in Matthews, if anyone's looking for a therapist or psychologist, because um, there's nothing wrong with either of those. You can't do life by yourself and, um, you know, just surrounding yourself with positive community, like-minded people is needed, but then also, you know, medical um, people are needed as well as too. So. And without going much deeper, I'll tell you that, I've done EMDR therapy for the past, um, you know, I, I did it straight for like a year and a half or every week because I'm um, in my achieving and trying to be great. Part of that also that I wasn't allowed to be sad and I wasn't allowed to be angry and I was only allowed to be peppy and happy and cheery because I was a Christian and, you know, and I had all these things. I was living the perfect life. So there was no room for that. And so I, um, there were a lot of circumstances surrounding it that I don't really want to talk about, but there mm-hmm. also just that trying to strive to be enough that I just repressed all my feelings and emotions, things would happen. And I would change the memories in my brain so that I could cope as like survival skills. And, um, I, as I was reading books, because I, I was read how to be a good wife, how to be a good mom, how to be a good person, how to be a good leader, a friend, you know, all those things. I would try to do the formula and do more and more and more to be better and i had to go back through and emdr really helped me connect those thought processes with feelings that i'd repressed because at one point it was like a a water hose that was turned on full blast and it just started springing leaks and i couldn't control the emotions they were Mm -hmm. just coming up at really 
bad inconvenient times. <laughs> it was really cramping my style. <laughs> so I'm going through and working with that. And I went through um, Lily with Eagle Eye Counseling and just, it just was really helpful to me uh, to be able to feel some of those feelings and to um, work through some of that trauma and some of that. Um, yeah, there's just been a lot of growth for that for me, just to um, not believe lies that people had told me and just to love myself um, find out who I was again. I lost myself for a little while. Mm-hmm. And so. I feel like a lot of us do lose ourselves at points. Um, and it's just, how do you find yourself again? You know, yeah. you can do it the right way or the wrong way. Yeah. Um, well, thank you for coming on the show. It's special. Uh, it's been an honor and glad to have you in my life and in my corner. Um, someone I love and um, respect and know that whenever times are tough, you got my back, you know, and you've shown me that. So thank you. Yeah. No, thank you. I look back at so many parts of my life too, that you've celebrated birthdays and graduations and, um, just helped us move. And you just really are family to me. Um, just love you. Really happy for you. Thank you. I'm glad to still be here and, uh, celebrate many more of those special times. So, yeah, I don't think you realize how many people, would have been wrecked if you weren't here. So I'm starting, very to, loved. starting to see that now. And, you know, the appreciation and the love that people have for me and have had for me um, when I didn't have it for myself. Um, so it speaks volumes. Um, been, you know, it just means a lot to me and keeps me going um, each day. Even, you know, now, as I said, I still struggle at times, but I know I have purpose and I'm loved then um that's keeps me going so and i just gotta be patient and show myself grace you know couldn't look back where i was year and some months ago you know um and i've changed a lot so um it's it's awesome to see in my life um when i'm able to notice it (laughs) um and i'm proud of you because you've gone through a lot and where you are now and your kids, you know, your grandmother now. I am. I'm a meanie. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but three amazing kids who, you know, I respect and um, love dearly. Um, and I've seen them grow up. Yeah. So it's been awesome. You've been a good role model for them, even through all of that being there for us. So, um, yeah. Thank you. Um, thank you all for tuning in this week to the Rabbit Hole Show with Stephanie Haney. Um, if you all have any comments, questions, or if you want to come on the show and share your story or just want to share your story with me and have questions or want to get coffee or anything, um, please reach out uh, the rabbit hole show 21 at gmail.com and then go follow and subscribe on whatever platform you listen to, uh, Apple podcast or Spotify. Um, But thank you all and stay tuned for next week's episode.